right, and welcome back to Dice Heist. Today, we are going to step on into our Lore of the Lands number four. And normally in Lore of the Lands, we take a little moment to give you guys a nice bit of backstory on the world in general, get that juicy lore that every normal home game has, and, you know, just give you that opportunity that we don't have in this kind of like fast-paced way we play. Um, so for this one, though, there isn't going to be that giant lore dump. Instead, we're going to see little nuggets of the lore and what's going on in the world right now as the uh, story takes fold with each of their little like individual stories today. Um, but before we get into that, we're actually going to finish up one of the last things of Last Art. And that was the meeting you guys scheduled with Inaza for the next morning. And uh, Adam. You are awoken early in the morning to just this pounding on the door that seems to also be in time with the massive headache that you have waking up right now. Um, so, yeah, you, you just hear pounding on the door right now. Uh, Adam's going to mage hand over to the door and open it a little bit he's not even gonna like move otherwise he just wants to see so so you unlock and open the door and there is anaza sitting or standing there she has like uh, a hat on she's like kind of like bundled up and, and she's just like i've been standing here for five minutes do none of you know how to answer your page and i was like feeling around on himself for his page <laughs> Uh, I don't know out, where it is. Out from the back door, uh, you hear Dirk just scrambling around, jumping out, and uh, he sprints out into the hallway and then sees her and looks down at the page. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, we we wanted to meet today. Yes, yes, yes. So sorry, so sorry. Uh. Uh, and, and Dirk just kind of grabs his head uh, as he definitely got up way too fast and he's way too hungover for this right now. I'm a bit hungover from Tipsy Turney, but uh, yes, let's let's do this. I, I told you we were doing this, so let's do this. I'm sorry you got cold. It, it's fine. Uh, where's where's Bert? <laughs> Bertram. Uh... <laughs> uh, Dir Dirk uh, snaps his finger and just uh, looks there uh, just stands there with his arms crossed waiting and meanwhile in Bertram's room uh, Zed is now on top of him messing with his hair <laughs> I will pluck you you daft chicken get off of me uh, I'm going to trap Zed in my blankets okay <laughs> Uh, roll a, roll a athletics check. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> You're grappling, so yeah. Uh, with advantage because blankets? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I'm suddenly just out of room. Over here. <laughs> okay. Athletics. <laughs> That'll probably work. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Uh, uh, Zed? 
So what's his dexterity? As as you go to leap onto Zed uh, with the blankets, he looks up at you and just puffs into a puff of smoke away from you. You did have. Bertram <laughs> <laughs> uh, will uh, look for his clothes um, and locating at least pants he will he will um see what what the fuss is about okay so you make it downstairs and you see these guys they've kind of like all gone to the kitchen table uh coffee's been started and you know you're you're walking in on them just chilling there and Nas is like come on bert let's let's come in here why Naza, it's nice to see you um it's a bit early for a drop-in, and why are you here? It's 2 p.m. Don't lie to me, woman. <laughs> uh, Zed pop poofs back, and uh, he's on your shoulder now and just got, does a little... I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. <laughs> I'm going to get him right now. <laughs> All right, make an attack roll. Uh, uh, an attack? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> With what? Unarmed strike. <laughs> Nine. Nine? Yep. Okay, I think that misses that. Oh, that actually does, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pluck that chicken, and um, everyone's going to be sad, okay? All right, Zed, you can stop messing with him now. Come over here. And Zed just flies back around and lands on uh, Dirk's shoulder. I had a business proposition for you guys. Yeah, go. What? Yeah. Yes, the, uh, the bag of... Capsules, yeah. what right? Are you talking you, about you reach in and you grab you a in, capsule. In at least a day. Oh, Bert, stop calling me that. You were begging me to last night. <laughs> <laughs> Every time she says Bert, Adam just winces a little bit. <laughs> I do too. It's okay. Uh, uh, somehow I rather doubt it. Well, do you want me to tell everyone what you were wanting me to call you? Uh, no need to be rude, Anaza dear. Bertie Dirgy. Uh, now I know you're making this up. <laughs> Dirk leaps well, up onto a uh, stool and just puts his elbows onto the counter, holding his face, just watching, just <laughs> in pure amusement. I mean, it's. I mean, that's kind of what it sounded like when you were trying to say my name is Bertram Dirgestride while also, you know, gagging. I, I don't know what your problem was, but that's what came out was Bertie Dirgy. Birdie Dirgy, that's a good one. I'll remember that. It'll be the last thought you ever have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Let's sit down. Let's talk. So, as you know, I've worked for Alchemco for the last 10 years. And in that time, I've learned a lot more than I could have on my own. But they're not seeing the potential in actually improving their products. I mean, as you know, Adam, you dealt with the poisoning, right? I don't even want to think about that <laughs> ever again. <laughs> and that's something that they, if they wanted to, spend a little bit more money could have avoided. But they didn't. So, I propose that we start trying to undercut them. So we'll upgrade the quality of the item 
Sell it for a bit more and sell it for less. Well, all right. How does that work? If it costs more to make, but we sell it for less, I'm not a business person. How do we make money that way? The difference is that while our percentage profit is going to be less than that of Alchemco, Alchemco can't sustain that forever. But do they have more money than us? No, they don't now. You haven't heard? No. Uh, after their last deal fell through, they're toast. Al Alchemco, the the entire corporation, they're going under. They have been for over a decade. That just means someone else will buy them on the cheap, and they'll just start doing the same business under a different dirty name. Well, Wudar seems to be that individual. What is a Wudar? Wudar? The giant floating disc in the sky. Oh, that Wudar. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Central District Councilman. Uh-huh. But it's a bit early still, dear. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Help us out. Mm -hmm. That would be a pretty be kind. big power play. I feel like... Do you think... The other council people are just going to let that happen? We will see. We will see. Only time will tell. <sighs> I but, just hope I don't have to go live with my mother again. She's such a nag. Okay, so... Well, you can't stay here. <laughs> spreading lies as you do. <laughs> <laughs> so back to your business idea. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. Uh, right. So, capsules coming out of a bag. Yes. So, this was the other show-stopping invention. Uh, I have been working on another project at home. Um, basically a form of magic that, with a certain level of enchantment and all of that, you can achieve something that provides you something every day, every week you know, depending on the power level of the item. And something I had seen was, you know, the, the bolt of the month club was uh, was one of the pouches that they were selling. And uh, basically every, every month you would get a new bolt of some magical property just randomly from the bag. And yeah, that's... Mm -hmm. So I did some digging and it is feasible. Now it will take research to get there. It is feasible to do the same thing with capsules. Mm. Yeah, Something that maybe we could get you guys a brand new capsule every day. Possibly, yeah. if things go well. Wow, yeah, that would be awesome. Now, this is also something that we could sell to the public in a lesser version, obviously, but one that every, other, or every month would provide some capsule, right? We should mm. use that as like our flagship to make money so that we can sell... Exactly. The other capsules. Because the price will be insane. It will have to be. It's not like we'll get repeat business. So Since they'll just have a new capsule every day. So no, no, every not month. very elastic. These ah. capsules are completely generated by the item, or is it like... It's part of the magical properties. So a lot of it actually 
is automating the processes to create these things within the pocket dimension that also can provide them. That is the basis of this enchantment. It is, it's a very Whoa. complex enchantment. Wow. That's, uh, that's really something. If we can make ones that do every day as well, we could just sell them to the higher economic classes. Not really as far as the councilman, maybe, but... Yeah, that's, that's another issue, but my goal is to help push them further down. Yes, the upper echelons, they take it by just fine. Yeah, that's true. They have people for that. Yeah, don't forget about the little guys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those that can afford it can just hire a full-time alchemist. And that alchemist could provide more than one potion a month for them easily. Yeah. Or even a or day. Or a day if, if they, they hired enough of them. And they had to find raw ingredients as well, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Money solves many obstacles. But yeah. I figured I'd take this guy with to you guys because I know you guys have been sitting on some cash and how do you what? Okay, so you're looking Who has who's been sitting on cash or without telling wondering. me? <laughs> Bertram. What? <laughs> yeah, Adam's trying to think like <laughs> is him <laughs> Bertram we all of us here at this table know that you are in charge of the finances I'm in charge yeah do you think Dirk could actually do his taxes of course not I thought Adam was in charge <laughs> wait I don't know how to do my own taxes you're supposed to be the smart one of us how am I I'm not the responsible person here B believe me. <laughs> I don't know. I always just took them to like a professional or whatever and had them do it. Do do what? Your taxes <laughs> or our money? <laughs> no, no, no. My, my taxes. My taxes. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Does that mean Adam hasn't been doing Bertram's and Dirk's taxes? <laughs> Look, expecting I, me to I could do, do it if I wanted to. I have a friend for that, but... <laughs> Ew. <laughs> um. <clears throat> well, what money? Uh. Hmm. So the same money that you were sitting on that uh, bought you those new fancy rides. Yeah, those were very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And if you don't want in on this, that's fine. You can just say so. No, we we have we do have a semi-legitimate business structure already in place. <laughs> um <clears throat> this would be a great way to legitimize it. Uh I and I'm happy to hear that there's money I don't know about. Uh so yes, I think we very much would like uh, <clears throat> to do this? If you... Well, all I need is money for research now. As soon as I have a working prototype, loans won't be an issue. A potential red well, uh, flag. So, so how how clean do these funds need to be? What, what does that mean? 
Most do you of, keep? Do you know what? Alchemy? No, no, it does not. None of it needs to be clean. Uh, okay, because like, I might, I might know <laughs> some places <laughs> to get some not so clean funds, but take it from the bad guys. Uh, I could do that. Oh, I see. I thought you were finding money and like <laughs> the rubbish or shit. Or no, something. no, no. I'm I'm talking about what I used to do back in Vega. Uh, yeah, and we're still dealing with those ramifications. Do we yes, need to add yes, to the list I, of our enemies? And mm. this list will this new list will be much, much closer than before. And even if we do with the funds, what's how, stopping... How much money do you need, Anaza? <sighs> to start... 10,000. DM, how much money do we have? <laughs> I mean, like, in your savings? Probably like two, three thousand. I have like a few hundred gold on me. <laughs> same, same here, I think. Um... Hmm. You know, I bet if we took out Gandon, he would have a pretty good egg he sits on. Um, mm. Maybe. I don't but, think that that's how it works. <laughs> you don't just get to have the money of the person you arrest. Oh, oh, you, you <laughs> thought I was talking about arresting him. Oh, that's awkward. Yeah, yeah, that's that's... That's exactly what uh, what I was saying. Yeah, arrest arrest him. Right. Yeah. So we don't just get to keep <laughs> that money. He did say not so clean money, and not the money physically. We, you realize, we kind of have to arrest ourselves at this point. Look, all I'm saying is sometimes the rules can be stupid. When we can take funds from an evil person and shift it to do good. Sometimes I feel the rules can be bypassed if your heart's in the right place. I mean, I don't really care for rules per se, but I'm surprised you're on board with this, Adam. I don't, I don't know if I am, because if you get caught or just seen in the acts... It'll bring everything down. Like, we'll probably lose our badges, too, by association or something. I don't know. All right. Look, how much can you give me? What do you got? I would also like to bring up that what's stopping some other company from just copying our products and undercutting us with a greater amount of funds. Uh, that would be... The patent office. All right. If you, yeah, I mean, if patents do what they're supposed to do in the society, um, well, currently we do have our... one thing working for us: the uh, <clears throat> the representative for the uh, gnome district of the city is a gnome who has been making straight strides towards improving those laws. So, it's far less easy to just steal a design like this. It would take them spending the time and the money to do the same amount of research, at least, to get to this conclusion from a similar patent. Well, I mean, 
I'm just saying if someone's yeah. going to start losing money, they're not going to be happy about it. I agree. I don't want them to be happy. <laughs> now you're thinking like me. Yeah. Maybe we should sell these products anonymously somehow. I'm fine with that. What I'm saying is I need 10000 to start research. Right, right. That's our first problem. Do you guys know another investor? Not one that I would like to share with. No. She stares daggers at you as she <clears throat> says that. I, mean, I know many people, Anaza, but deep pockets are hard friends to make. Yeah, I was I was thinking Fulcrum, but I, I don't even know if he can even use capsules, so I don't know if it would appeal to him. Fulcrum's pretty loaded. I'll have to read about automatons and capsules sometime. Anyway, um, yeah. Anyways, we're gonna, I'm gonna go. Wait, wait. Bertram, isn't your dad, like, super fucking rich? I don't know if that's true. He, doesn't he, like, run a whole sector of this city? Yes. Okay. That he could easily come up with funds for this, couldn't he? He could? Maybe he has what, uh, some secret warehouse property we could use too. What what's what's that look of worry on your face? I Do we really want to in, involve him? Do you trust him? No. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, that answers that. But well, you could ask Daddy Dearest if he would mind lending or giving you a loan for a business venture that saying right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just just a, a, a pure off-the-cuff loan for a business venture. <laughs> Be sure to bring up the things you've done for him, I guess. Just to get favor. I don't know. Like, be abandoned by him? Um, I will begrudgingly pull out my page. Yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start and stop writing, like, Ten times. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and then I will uh I will write Hi. Can I have ten thousand gold please? Is <laughs> <laughs> gold the currency? I don't It's wings, but yeah, it's, it's fine. Gold they're gold <clears throat> wings, so you can call it gold. I mean like I would use the right name. Ten thousand wings. For, uh, for for an important reason that I cannot to divulge at this time. Cut to the future and like 10,000 chicken wings show up on our doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty good right now. It, it does <laughs> sound really good right uh, now. Now I wish I hadn't even said the word. <laughs> All right, I, I guess I know what we're ordering here in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, you get a response quite quickly. Where and when? I hate that this is working. Um, it seems that it's possible. Um, so, Inaza, should I be able to secure funding? <clears throat> Fine. Sure. Let's do this. Cool. Uh, I can probably lead you to some uh, reading material for research. If Yeah, I'd be great. That'd be great. Uh... I have most of the knowledge of the um, 
the arcane aspects that deal with the copying of it. But I do need a lot of alchemical knowledge to go through with this. Well, there you go, Adam. Yeah, I'm pretty good with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we can work on that together sometime. Cool. All right, I really need to get going. Thank you, guys. We'll we'll be in touch. All right, sounds we'll get good. This, get this going, and at least it'll be something that'll work for you, hopefully. But hell yeah, thanks. We'll see you soon. So she she heads out, closes the door, and you guys are all left here. And we'll end the scene there. And you guys, we move on to the next bit of Lore of the Lands. And this time, uh, we are going to step into the life of Bertram. And let's first start off. Bertram, you leveled up to level eight. Oh, I did do that. Yeah. Uh, I recall that. What uh, What happened there? It feels what like a million years ago. It, <clears throat> yep, just a few weeks, but yep. Well, that's why I said it feels that way. Uh, let's see. I took, uh, it's an ASI increase for bards, right. as everyone knows at level eight. And so I did just that. I took an ASI, an ability score increase to my dexterity. Mm, okay. Um, because I can't get any more charismatic unless I find a nice book like Dirk did. Uh, <laughs> so I went with dex, uh, bumps my armors class up one, which is nice to see. Now at a 17, which is okay. It's pretty decent. It's for... pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's better than a caster. So, you know. That's true. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else happened to me? Uh, I got, I mean, other than the loot from the Twisted Tourney, uh, should we go over that? Should no, I mean, we don't have to. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that. Am I missing anything? No, you, that's pretty much it, I think, for you. Yeah. Yep. Level eight, level eight can be kind of boring. But. It well, it certainly was this time. Yeah. Um, but you know, no, higher numbers are better numbers. Correct. Correct. So. Um. So with Bertram, mm-hmm. uh, he has kind of been at least in. Oh, oh, sorry. I did take a spell. What'd you take? Um. So I replaced a spell and I learned a new one. Um. What did I take? Uh, did I have greater invisibility already? Mm-hmm. Uh, then I took confusion, mm. which will be kind of nice. Could be, yeah. Um, and what else did I do? I got rid of unseen servant. I think. Nope, I still have that. Um, I got rid of some second level spell and switched it to calm emotions. Okay, that's uh, sounds good to me playing into the role in which I should be good at things. Yeah, yeah, you are. Hopefully. Hopefully, yep. Um, except that I roll shit. That's true. <laughs> but you don't roll saving throws. I know, it's nice. That's why it's going to work. Yeah. Hopefully. Um. Yeah, so over the last, uh, I think, like four or five weeks, um, Bertram, you have been at least on speaking terms with your father. Okay. Uh, during this time, whenever your father would often offer to have a drink with you and chat. Okay. He knows how to approach the situation, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he would offer you these bourbon and cigar bars that were around the city uh, at either at his office or elsewhere, wherever you chose, you know, and those were always like this situation. Um, would you have gone to these meetings that he proposed? 
um, until something happened in which I would like to stop. Yeah, I would. Okay. I would have. Uh, you've been you've been keeping up with it. Yes, okay. I would have done that. Sure. Um. So a lot of your conversations, uh, kind of lean more towards him trying to focus on what you have to say. Um. And that also depends on your own approach to this. Yeah. I, discussion. Per, that's going to be exhausting. Ex- exhausting for Bertram. So yeah. he. Um, he will do his best to <clears throat> have a more of a back and forth conversation rather than uh, right. me us always going to places I like and me always talking about myself and things about me because right. that's I I know all these things I don't really give a shit <laughs> I want to know shit about him and what the fuck he's been up to yeah. and why the things. So a lot of your conversations in that regard are kind of vague. And he, he keeps himself guarded with a lot of things. Um, part of your discussion also, uh, privately, of course, was the current situation with the order. Now, in this time, you have not been called to a meeting yet. Uh, and your father has explained to you why this is. I'm Be- in the creepazoid reserves. <laughs> <laughs> and so is he right now. Okay. Um, the both of you, because you were present at the incident, as well as Brazov, are all being considered as possible suspects of the issue. Okay. Your father has currently been a proponent to fight against that because it's obviously not true, but the scrutiny of the upper level members uh, lies on you currently. Gotcha. Because there's a creepy cabal internal you, affairs, and, and yeah. they're making sure we yeah. didn't. Well, I mean, yeah, do you, stuff. You, you were inducted like. Yep. A couple hours before yep. it happened. So, I know. You know. It was all my fault, It's crazy. Actually. This is crazy how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The, the, guy, the guy who brings in his son then basically is left wielding the power of that entire group. Many hours later. Yeah, I 100% understand why. <laughs> uh, and Bertram would just like, it's, as soon as anyone like interviews him about it, he'd be like, yeah. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I can. It's, it's, I'm just as suspected. Like, I want to know what happened, too. So, okay. uh, so that's most of what your conversations uh, are about. But um, you were told at the very last meeting that the investigations are coming to a close and the conclusions they are coming to are positive for us. Uh, we should... You should be expecting a meeting soon. Okay. Um, I'm mostly free on uh, every other weeknight, roughly. Bertram, this is not a situation where you can you can just say no. Well, don't we just, you know, schedule the time that's best for everyone? Not with him. Who, who, who's, who's him? I won't speak his name here. Well, let's go somewhere where we can talk. Okay. So you guys spend the next 45 minutes <laughs> moving to a secure location. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all right. So Duke Zakram. He sounds important. He is. He is the the principal member of our society. 
he is also the only one in living memory to have the power of the obsidian dragon. What was his name? Duke? Duke Z-A-C-R-A-M. Zachram. Zachram. Okay. Cool, cool. He is also the only one currently living of our order that has the power of the obsidian dragon. And I, the way you're saying that, I feel is that it should have some significance that just isn't resonating for me. The god of evil dragons is the obsidian dragon. Oh, I see. So kind of an important power not to let seep back into the draconic ranks. Kind of, yes. There have been others before. It's generally a thing, at least, that we assume throughout the Order that there is only ever one at a time. He is getting old, though. So, we'll see what happens. And when he says that, he kind of looks off, and this is one of the first times you've seen true emotion from your father. And you, you see the fear, as subtle as it is, with how he composes himself, but the fact that you see it is enough to tell you how profound it is. Yep. Uh, I'm seeing the tip of the iceberg. Yep. <clears throat> but well, when they call, you need to come. Okay, very well. I just, you know, if anyone is looking for notes on the, on the future, just... We have plenty of time to schedule them in advance. We can just all find a day and time that works best for everyone in, in, in attendance. When when he leaves, yes, that is what we'll, it will go back to, obviously. Because Karen can't meet on Sundays. Okay, if you say. Well, I mean, it's, it's power of the obsidian dragon is kind of interesting. Do you know, do we understand how, or, hmm, how do I phrase the question? Do we understand how a certain person will inherit the traits of one color of dragon and not another? Do we understand the mechanism behind it? Or is it still shrouded in creepy cabal mysteries? It is still under investigation. Hmm. It's not completely shrouded. The assumed properties of it is that due to the magic of the powerful spell that was cast to cause this, these events, it, it is passed down. Um, it is passed down... As the souls are leaving the body. Oh, so when he dies, someone may be born. Yes, or someone in the ah. womb. Conception. We don't know exactly how it works. It's yeah, not it gets a perfect a bit system. gooey at that point. It does. But that is the general idea. So that when he dies, someone will be born shortly after or recently has been born who will take on that power. Has there ever been an instance where 
a person has more than one color of powers. Only in that instance. The obsidian holds the power of all. Well, that's terrifying. It is. It's also awesome to behold. Well, sure. If you're into that sort of thing. So, uh, this was most of your guys' conversation, and he he tells you to expect something soon. Sure. Um, and, And you will next time. Does he... Slyly hand off 10,000 gold. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. Like, <laughs> like he had Brazov show up in a car and give you guys great cases. Fucking like. <laughs> Thank you, my good man. Uh, Till next time. Cheap ass walks away. Uh, yeah. I, I'll, I'll pay Janaza. You get her That money. we have our seed round funding. Okay. All right. So we're going to move on from this little bit of story. Next time we'll get into that again, but that was a little bit more lore on uh, what's going on with the Order and how their organization is kind of around. Uh, But next up, we are going to go into what's going on with Dirk. So, hey, Dirk, what's what's up, my man? Hey, hey, hey. Uh, so going over his level and stuff. Yep. We'll go over all that. All right, cool. Uh, so yeah, uh, Dirk also leveled up to eight. Uh, we all did. And, um, along with that nifty item, uh, that buffed up, uh, Dirk's dexterity. First I did the level, uh, uh, my, uh, ASI was dexterity plus two, mm-hmm. putting him up to 20, and mm-hmm. then the book, mm-hmm. another plus two. Yep. So Dirk is at a permanent dexterity of 22. Uh, so he he's a little uh, he's a little bit beyond typical human dexterity. <laughs> um, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a lot of bit. Yeah, a lot of bit. Just lot having of a bit. 20 dexterity, like that's that's like super. That's like, like yeah, top one percent of Olympian tier athletes. Right, right. Um, and uh, Dirk also, uh, along with that, his armor class shot up a bit. Um, yeah, no shit. So Might two more points. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so with when he wields his plasma blade, he has an armor class of twenty. Normally, if he doesn't, it's an armor class of nineteen. But for a rogue. That's pretty bonkers. Yeah. Um, it, it unfortunately doesn't stop there. So Yeah. No, it doesn't. <laughs> These are tank though. Yeah, I, know, I, exactly. I am I am the tank. Uh I am the tank. I am the tank. Uh Dirk also picked up a new spell. Um I have two first or two second level spell slots, four first level spell slots, but the new spell I picked up was second level dragon's breath. Okay. Uh so that'll be fun. Poser. <laughs> <laughs> I, I most. Uh, I know why he wants it. Yeah, for, for <laughs> yeah, reason for Dirks, but for Dirk and also other reasons. Um, and then also I swapped out a spell. Um, and the spell I picked up instead because I did not have reliable first level spells that I could just cast all the time. Uh, now I do. I picked up shield. 
So did you? Okay, super good. super huge. tanky. <laughs> Shield is yeah, but then then he, then he can't what? use his uh, uh, reaction. Re- his other uh, yeah, the so, dodge so, and shield and like shield yeah, runs pick. out and then yeah, go back. Right, like it, strategically using uh, both, but like yeah. being able to protect myself with a reaction like every turn like that's awesome Mm -hmm. um and then yeah i think that's it for dirk's level up cool um yeah but he's got a nice plus six dexterity modifier now (laughs) so (laughs) as i how does it feel now that you're faced with the I'm just I'm just gonna have to break Dirk's heart today. Your um, monstrous creature. If I can't hurt him oh. on the battlefield of war, I'll hurt him on the battlefield of love. No, <laughs> oh, no. Ouch. Ouch. All right, viewers, uh, you heard it here. All right, let's see how the DM's gonna tank this date. <laughs> so yeah, the date. Uh, this scene is gonna open up where Dirk is not, and. Scarlet is currently entering her hotel room. Now, this is not something that you as characters know, but this is for the audience to understand what's going on. Uh, So she closes the door to her hotel room behind her. Her face, she looks tired uh, as if the weight of the world is on her. Um, And she walks over to the desk that is there by the fire. And there's this crystal orb sitting there. Um, She waves her hand over it, speaking the elvish word for home. Melamar. And the orb begins to shine. And you see through it into the study of an elven man as he sits there at his desk. Behind him are lush fields um, and you can see butterflies flying by. Uh, he says, uh, with a smile, greetings, Lady Gilzami. And Scarlet responds to him in kind. Um, they converse casually for a while, but Scarlet um, finally is prompted by her father. You, the deal is, is good now, right? You've, you've signed for us? And... The conversation kind of has this weight hanging over it as the conversation continues, and she says, Yes, I, I did. The warships will be on their way within the next three weeks. And you'll be, you'll be bringing them home yourself, aren't, won't you? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the plan. Is, is there something wrong, daughter? We'll talk more when I'm home. And they end the conversation there. And now we will jump over to Dirk. So, Dirk, you have just gotten off a long shift at work. Okay, so uh, Bertram has taken the day off to get you ready for your date. He had a few arrangements that he had to prepare uh, beforehand and schedule and get the whole event coordinated that he had planned. 
Uh, so, Dirk, you are running a little late, though. You're supposed to meet him back at the house, and you took a little bit longer than you should have with the last interrogation that you were in lately. Um, so you're you're rushing home as quickly as possible, and on your way, uh, you end up blowing through a mud puddle. Just like you weren't paying attention, and it just like spurts up. You got it all over your pants now. Um, just adding some, you know, like frustration on top of the day. Oof. So. All right. Uh, yeah, Dirk is going to uh, rush into uh, the home to get ready. Uh, he walks by uh, the where the coats are mm-hmm. and he grabs the little wand that was sitting there that does prestidigitation because <laughs> Adam was pissed off <laughs> doing it for Dirk all the time. So <laughs> he just grabs the wand, prestidigitates real quick and sets the wand back there. Uh, uh, the command word is I'm a dirty hobo. I'm a dirty hobo. <laughs> <laughs> and he places it back. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> And, and Naza uh, got you guys that. Of course she did. <laughs> Naza's real sassy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Dirk runs off uh, to his room, uh, <gasps> which is still, it's still messy, but his room is no longer smelling of rot. He actually went in and cleaned out, but just left a, a mess still. Uh but he has on his bed relatively clean uh some uh nice brown slacks and a light blue button up shirt that he he goes and just throws his uh work clothes off, pulls those on um buttons it, buttons it up real hastily, not bothering to look uh how well the buttons are done um he recently got a haircut the day before, so his his hair is pretty pretty nice and short compared to what he used to have he used to have a shaggy mop uh but he took a little bit of product and just kind of ran it through his hair real quick uh it looks uh it looks kind of messy but not terrible um and he grabs his bag of holding slings it over his shoulder uh and runs out the door uh to go on his date okay yep so Bertram's not there at all, is he? Um, I don't know. Probably, maybe. Okay. So, so Bertram, I think, is uh, we're gonna have Aaron actually dictate uh, what Bertram has set up here. So, wh- why don't you spell out how the date is supposed to unfold? Both of them are aware of the plan that you have mm-hmm. laid out, but let's let's spell it out and see what what we get here. So, uh, Dirk, you and your lovely date. Uh, no to arrive at the blue lit candle. Blue lit candle. Okay. Um, a, um, an up and coming kind of, uh, romantic light, uh, establishment. It's not super heavy in, 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 in that it's super fancy and maybe outside of Dirk's comfort zone. Um, it's, it's like a couple steps closer to, to where Dirk might feel comfortable, but still nice. Right. Gotcha. Um, and uh, because Bertram's like, well, if Dirk's not going to be himself, he has no chance. So <laughs> I, he he wants to 
nudge Dirk a little bit, but not necessarily, uh, you know, throw him in a deep end of something he's not right prepared for. Right. Um, and it's it's a uh, wonderful uh, kind of light dinner, a few courses, and every every course is paired well with um, a couple beverage pair offerings. Um, and then uh, towards the end, you will be delivered a note that just says, um, try not, or it just says, <laughs> don't kill anyone. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so we'll go from here. You guys arrive at the destination. Blue lit candle. Blue lit candle. And she is already sitting down when you get there. You're maybe a minute late, but for you, it feels like she's been waiting for it right. in your head. Right. Um, but you approach the table and sit down. Um, and she, she kind of looks at you and she has a, a, a giddy smirk on her face as she says, points to your shirt as you sit down. Oh, oh uh, uh, Dirk looks down and sees that his buttons are definitely not even. He, he definitely <laughs> like skipped a button. Oh, shoot. Uh, sorry. Uh, and he hastily fixes it. Oh, hey, Scarlet. It's, it's so nice to see you. I'm sorry. I'm a little late. Sorry. I'm. A mess. <laughs> it's it's fine. Should we order drinks? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, is everything all right? Some Something seems off. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Something is off. Uh, I came to this city a few weeks ago for a purpose. I'm here for work. You actually saw me on my first day here. I came to negotiate a deal for my father and the elven people. Well, my job is done now. I'm being sent home in a few weeks. Oh, oh. Okay. Um. So, uh. Yeah, that's a pretty, pretty good distance, huh? Yeah. About the farthest. Yeah. Well, uh what do, what do you say we make the best of the time that we have you here, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to do All that. All right, let's do that. Um so from then on out, she she perks up a little bit. It seems she talks more with you about how she felt and you guys discuss how she her biggest misgiving was that that wasn't going to be something you wanted to continue doing was to you know you wouldn't want to even experience this relationship if it was only going to be for a short time so that's what she she talks about so right um so you guys are having a, a wonderful dinner pleasant conversation and then we move on to what's next <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um <laughs> So the the two of you, uh, well, Dirk at the very least, you know that Bertram has planned like a walk for the two of you to go on. Okay. Just kind of throughout the city. Uh, and as you guys kind of go to leave and begin to make your way wherever that is, you and Scarlet both are kind of 
bumped up the bump up bumped into kind of violently. Oh, okay. And you you feel something being tugged and taken off of your uh, belts. Uh, was, was this before or after Dirk got the note that said, don't kill anyone? This is after. This is okay. absolutely okay. after. <laughs> now, hold on. <laughs> Did Bertram pay the guy well enough to put the note there? <laughs> oh, yes. He's like, if you don't do anything else correctly tonight, you have to get this note and hide and make sure he reads it. Uh, Good thing he's he's using napkins now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's a good thing, too, because uh, as you kind of look down and then just in the, your periphery is just filled with motion as like maybe a half dozen uh, kids or small individuals just kind of scatter from around you guys. What the what? And it's clearly it's clear you've been pickpocketed. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, Dirk is tearing off after the pickpocket. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's just there's kids scattering all all around, and so you you pick some likely candidates, and you and Scarlet both just go tearing off after them uh, through alleys, um, through the turning streets of Agelfia. Maybe like a a fifteen minute kind of like chase ensues, and at, towards the end, it's just like your your own breath and the your own footsteps and Scarlet's footsteps and heavy breathing. Uh, Dirk Dirk would have definitely cast phantasmal force on the person <laughs> the person that <laughs> that he's chasing. These kids, God, dude. Uh, so you're gonna cast phantasmal force on a child? <laughs> Oh wait! No wait! No. Nightmares forever. He, he he considered it. He stopped for a moment, <laughs> and then uh, shook his head and okay. continued chasing. Okay. Yeah, you imagine the horror on Scarlet's face as you did it. <laughs> like that's what snapped you out of that. Oh, yeah, God. Dirk, Dirk pictured something just terrible happening, and Scarlet being terrified. And then it's like, okay, yeah, nope, shake that off. Let's go. And throughout the like chase, you you begin to notice that the the streets. Uh, almost kind of climb an elevation every now and then you have to skip over a few steps um, going through an alleyway and uh, you lose track of your target just temporarily as they peel around a corner. Um, and as you and Scarlet meet that same corner to your left and just kind of uh, 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 opening up above you are more steps, more stairs. And as you kind of take them two, three at a time and leap up to the top, you see a, a, uh, uh, a wide kind of open spaced uh, rooftop patio area with a chilled bottle of champagne, your two coin purses stacked neatly next to it and uh, two chairs to watch the sunset over Agelfia as you're in Scarlet's kind of uh, breath and, and heart rate <laughs> begins to uh, uh, subside slightly. Do, does, does the uh, wand of prestidigitation also sit <laughs> on there because we're definitely sweaty now from running uh sure yeah uh so she she seems equally annoyed as you in this what the freaking bertram and there's there's just like a note on there uh it just says just to get the endorphins moving And, and she well, sits down and she instantly like pulls her like it starts counting it and like <laughs> this gives you kind of like a mini flashback to uh your time in the orphanage 
Like this is something that all the kids used to do. Every day they would sit on their bed with their little coin purse and they would count the four copper that sat at the bottom of it. Um, yeah. yeah. So it gives you that like nostalgic memory, but not a negative one right. either. Um, so yeah, Dirk, uh, feeling, uh, actually, actually we've kind of established Dirk is kind of a, a God when it comes to, uh, running. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know and if he's got a plus two to his deck. So like, I don't know if he's even sweating right now, but Scarlet probably is. He was probably doing some parkour that involved him going like backwards somewhat and definitely did not save him any time. But it was just because he could without trying. Yeah, he, he was he was literally just showing off for Scarlet, and also he knew that if he was going full speed, he definitely would have caught the kid. Yeah, yeah, you were like <laughs> yeah. trying to also keep like Scarlet near you too, like not like leaving her in the dust like you would have very quickly. Right. So um, you did good. Virgin <laughs> <laughs> was hoping like there's definitely a chance where Virgin was like you could just like stab one of these kids or just catch one right away and just leave Scarlet behind. He's like, Come, just please don't do that. Please don't. Do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Dirk kind of takes a quick moment to just scan to see like how Scarlet's doing like physically if she got like messy running through the streets or anything uh no her clothes are slightly disheveled and she like kind of like straightens them out and everything you know she's sweating but not like excessively it's you know like uh would you like a prestidigitate as Dirk picks up the the little wand oh sure thank you um please excuse uh the um, <laughs> oh, the command phrase. Oh, the command God. phrase here. Uh, I love that I did that. No. <laughs> this, this is uh, Adam set the command phrase for me because, yeah, uh, I, I'm a dirty hobo. <laughs> and he just wants She she starts chuckling at that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you enjoyed that. I'll uh, just put this away now, and he just tucks it into his bag of holding. Um, and actually, he notices that there's some mud on his pants, and he begrudgingly pulls it back out. I'm a dirty hobo. (laughs) 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 He cleans himself uh, and puts it away uh, and sits down finally. Yeah. So, well, that was interesting. How about we open a bottle? Yeah, let's do it. Do you, wait, hang on. So wait, does Dirk pli- pull out the plasma blade <laughs> to open the bottle? Do you saber it with the plasma blade? Uh, Dirk, Dirk goes to reach for the plasma blade, <laughs> thinks about it's it. It's gone. For, thinks about it for a second. Uh, yeah, is it there? Oh, well, actually, you know, the plasma blade was probably on his belt back Somewhere at home. Somewhere two kids are fucking... He... <laughs> yeah, his, his plasma blade is definitely on his belt on his other pants at home. But he does still have that plus one short sword and some daggers in his bag. So he reaches in, just grabs a dagger and just sticks the tip in a little bit and twists it pull or twists it fast. Okay. I don't know how well this I, is gonna work with champagne. But I don't know how out. well it's gonna work either. Uh, okay, roll roll a straight dex check. Okay. 
second I thought that was a one, I was about to shit a brick. Uh, that is a seven, so 13. 13. So not great. Uh, so you did not foresee the events that would continue to exp- uh, like unfold. Uh, y- you stick it in, and you actually stick it in too far. And unfortunately, this causes the strange effect of a knife being shot with from the CO2 no. of it out of the <laughs> bottle with cork and all to be honest and it just goes sailing off the building and uh, you are like just holding it like with gritted teeth please don't hit a kid please don't hit a kid please don't hit a kid <laughs> Billy and you just hear a tink and silence <clears throat> Uh, Dirk has his shoulders cringed up right now and just brings up his fingers real quick and snaps and Zed appears flying next to him. Zed, can you please go grab that dagger down there? Please, buddy. Thank you. I'll have a treat for you when you get back. He rushes off. Uh, Scarlet is sitting there chuckling. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Dirk, as as promised, he uh, he turns away so that Scarlet can't see what he's pulling out. But he pulls out a little a little uh, mouse out of his bag of holding for Zed when he comes back. Is it alive or dead? <laughs> Skeletal. <laughs> uh, I th- I think it would still be alive. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Uh, so you get a little like yeah, just hanging from the tail, trying to put his body in between him and Scarlet so that she can't see. And then <laughs> Zed brings back the dagger, and he just kind of gives him the the mouse that he just er, scarfs down. Uh, yeah, she she does not she does see past you because like you can't hide that fully with your body, and she doesn't <laughs> seem disgusted at all. She just you know. Just doesn't make any comment of it at all. Um, and she uh, she does, however, notice Zed. And she seems very intrigued by Zed. And... Oh, you're familiar? Oh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so rude. Uh, this is my familiar, Zed. Zed meets Scarlet. And uh, Zed will fly and land on Dirk's finger. And he'll just kind of present zed like a foot or like two feet away from her and uh she she approaches slowly watching zed zed seems kind of like just neutral to begin with um but she raises her hand up to zed and zed gingerly hops over to her and is instantly has this familiarity with her hmm and you hear Zed like chortle in a way that seems approving. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's Scarlet uh, adores Zed, and Zed seems to also adore Scarlet. Awesome. Ah, well, it looks like you got a little friend there, buddy. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad you like him, Scarlet. He's uh, he's been my friend. For many years now. Oh, wow. I don't think I knew you before you had Zed, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, he came after the orphanage. Uh, 
after a while. Um, yeah. What happened to you? <laughs> um, after, uh, yeah, you remember when you got adopted and, uh, I was still there at Vago in the orphanage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, didn't, didn't last very long, uh, there without you since you were like the only person who would be my friend. Um, but, uh, yeah, I kind of went too far with the prank on, um, <clears throat> on Butch, uh, but Butch, uh, you know, the, the caretaker that was there, he didn't like me. You remember him? Yes, I do. Um, yeah, uh, I might've put a little bit of feces in one of his <laughs> meals and <laughs> he did not like that uh, she, when you're talking she seems very concerned and like uh she reaches over a hand and places it as on yours you know and and when she does but when you say this last little bit she can't help but start <laughs> chuckling a little bit and it kind of breaks through that like <laughs> you know concern and yeah <laughs> i guess i never uh fully outgrow outgrown pranks yet um yeah they they get me in trouble sometimes, and that was that was one of them. Uh, but yeah, he was looking for me all over, and that was, uh, you know, that was like a week after you left. But while I was hiding, it was storming out, and I went to the only place that I knew he wouldn't look it was on the roof. But yeah, uh, he was looking for me. And, uh, I was hiding as much as I could. One day I needed to sneak into the kitchen to get some food. Uh, and he found me. Um, he came after me. Uh, and there was a knife right there and I just did what my instincts told me to do. I grabbed it before he could get to me and I plunged it into his chest. But, um, yeah, he, he was just, he fell back grasping it and had a look of terror in his eyes and I couldn't handle that. So I ran. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, yeah, it, I tried. Oh, I tried to get him to take you too. He considered it. He just said that when they did test you, you didn't have any elven blood, so you couldn't be adopted by their society. Yeah, no, I get it. It's it's cool. Um, so, I'm sorry, I, got, I wish. I got by on my own. I always do. I only got lucky. I always do. My great-great-grandfather was an elf. I didn't know until that day. Wow. Well, that that's uh something to learn. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, uh enough of that sad crap. Um <laughs> but yeah, uh to tell you where Zed came from, um after I was out on the streets for a while, uh I I was mentored by this lady who, you know, I tried 
picking her pocket because I was doing what I could to survive. And uh, she knew exactly what I was doing and noticed me the entire time. I didn't know at the time, but later on, she told me that I was pretty good um, after catching me, of course. Uh, Zed starts to get more affectionate towards you and hops back over to your shoulder when you start talking about this. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, her name was Veronica. Veronica Vilgoth. Uh, but more or less, uh, she taught me a lot of the little illusion magic and stuff that I learned and uh, some more of these more roguish skills that I have acquired over the years. Um, but also taught me to have a moral compass, whereas before I was just kind of just pure chaos. Um, now I'm trying to be more aware of my actions um, and try not to be so much for everyone like I am or usually am. Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, but Zed was given to me from her um, after a bit of a tragic night. Um, Veronica, you know, she was a vigilante, um, and I kind of took after her, uh, was her sidekick, so to say. But um, one day when I was out with Adam and Bertram, uh, she was saving somebody who needed help. Um, but it was a trap. Um, and she got jumped by a bunch of Gandon's goons. And I found her right as they were getting ready to kill her. Um, they were all so hurt already. A few of them were already dead. Um, but my rage, I just unleashed on them. Um, but by the time I got to her, she was, she, it was too late. Um, and she, she told me to carry on her line since she was the last of her family and transferred Zed to me. Gave me the name Vilgoth. So, um, anyways, uh, yeah, that's that's where Zed came from, and um, why I have a last name now. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, it's so tragic. Uh, this is supposed to be an awesome date. Um, wow. I. All right, let's. So she look grabs, on the good side. <laughs> she grabs your hands and hers, and she just kind of gets you to stop and look at her. And she tells you something. This date was to learn who we are together. And I feel like I know who you yeah. are a little bit more. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you for opening up to me. Of course. 
Yeah. Hmm. You're welcome. Thank you for listening and not, you know, running away. Uh, it's, I don't, never really been on a successful date before. <laughs> this is an awful thing. I never told you this, but I saw my parents die. <sighs> I, that's just something. Sorry to hear that. You can't forget. So I, I understand your pain too. I'm so sorry. She helped raise you. She was there for you. Yeah. So, and she just hugs you. Uh, yeah, Dirk fully embraces her. Yeah. And I think we can... There are fireworks that happen that Bertram has arranged. Holy shit. As you guys are all here right there. <laughs> Damn it, Bertram. <laughs> oh. You know, I I guess I can see why he organized this date to be something that's very me, but like I thought Bertram was gonna make it nice and romantic, but apparently we're chasing kids down the street and being blasted with fireworks. All right. Just like old times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you remember that one time uh, when we put that in the toilet? <laughs> uh, oh, uh, we cut it there. <laughs> All right. So next up, we are going to move on to Adam. Move on to you. What uh, What's changed for Adam for level eight? What you got? So, uh, took another level in Wizard to get to fifth, and took a couple new spells. After learning haste through the scroll that he won at the Tipsy Tourney, right. Also decided to take third level spell Blink mm -hmm. and Counterspell. Blink and Counterspell. Okay, cool. Blink. Mm -hmm. I like was reading it because I I've never really looked at it before. It's kind of Cool. Like it just lasts for a minute and you can come in and out of the ethereal plane. Yeah, if you roll. Yeah, yeah. If you roll high enough. But taking taking you out of out of combat when it's not your turn will definitely help your survi survivability. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's exactly what I was like. Yeah, I gotta take this. Yeah, yeah, it sounds good, man. Um yeah, so uh, you didn't get an ASI because of that. So mm -hmm. uh, what was the other spell? I'm sorry. You took that, haste, and what was your second? Counter counterspell. Oh, counterspell. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, so we don't have fireball yet. No, not yet. All I, right, it's coming. It's coming. Like, especially after uh, what's-her-face was accusing Adam of torching, like, innocent kobolds. Yep. I'm like, maybe I should stay away from that spell for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not even have it in my fucking book. <laughs> that, was, that was a good idea. Uh, yeah. I was expecting you to then take lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let's not have evocation stuff right now. Yeah. Don't <laughs> take it easy on evocation for it's a, a bit. It's a nice alibi until you start falling back on that, uh, uh, what's called, scorching ray. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we we are going to hop into a little bit of something for our buddy, Adam. And so, Adam, 
You are sitting in Mudbreaker's office. Uh, you feel kind of uneasy with a small stack of copies of newspaper clippings in one hand. Each article, you know, brutally depicts the major events of your life for the last few months with twisted and half-truths, uh, framing you as an untrustworthy psycho who delights in death and pain. You begin to reread them in <clears throat> disbelief as you wait for Mudbreaker to return from lunch. Adam's thinking like, oh, I'm, I'm so getting fired. <laughs> um, the first article is titled menace arrives aboard airship are we the citizens of galfia supposed to believe it's merely a coincidence that adam vaduva was found in a room with not one but three dead bodies this citizen finds that to be a particularly hard pill to swallow adam the menace of galfia as some are beginning to call him, was found alone in the room of a triple homicide and, once discovered, fled arrest. Ask yourselves, dear people, would an innocent man run from the scene of a crime he did not commit? I think not. Later on, this author discovered that Adam, this menace, asked to have his name stricken from the record. It is only thanks to one brave crew member that the truth is able to come to light. The aforementioned crew member was truly a doer of justice when they diligently recorded that Adam was attempting to get away with murder. If it were not for this dutiful member of society, this citizen would not be able to sleep at night. The second article reads, Oh, oh no. <laughs> Menace joins police force. As if things were not dire already, the Menace of Adelphia, Adam Vaduva, has joined the police force. Dear citizens, would you believe that the city's administration has welcomed this vigilante with open arms? This author is appalled at the lack of thorough background checks conducted on prospective police officers. And it would also seem that Adam is not working alone. Ladies and gentlemen, I am informing you that Adam and two of his cronies have infiltrated the police. It frightens me, as it should frighten you, that this menace is not only at large, but equipped with weapons. When villains have weapons, they are capable of villainous actions. Adam and his accomplices are directly responsible for the deaths of four innocent and homeless kobolds. Imagine, reader, that you are doing your best to survive in the sewers when you have nowhere else to go and BAM! Three strange men gang up on you and murder you in what they claim to be self-defense. If that were not bad enough, the medical records of these kobolds has been conveniently classified by Alchemco. Yes, that's right. Alchemco has been covering up evidence for this menace, which provokes thought on Adam's known exceptional alchemical knowledge. It did not end with these kobolds. The chief suspect and key witness of an investigation into Alchemco died in a fire at a police safe house. I am not sure about you, citizens, but I do not believe in happenstance. And the third and final, Menace on the Moo. The villainy continues as Adam Vaduva, Menace of Adelphia, and one of his cronies visit Elmuk's friendly oozes. While this in and of itself may not have been a dastardly deed, they requested to see the more deadly oozes held in the back. Now, ask yourself this. Why would police investigators request to have access to deadly oozes? After all, 
They did not show their badges to Almuck upon arrival, so this was certainly not for their so-called detective work. It would seem that Adam and his band of corrupt thugs have begun using their power as officers of the law to pursue their own personal vendettas. But all is not smooth sailing. In a suspiciously well-timed attack on the shop, several kobolds were brutally cut down, despite an anonymous source claiming that these kobolds were hired by Adam in the first place. To maintain his appearance as lawkeeper, Adam and company attempted to pursue the kobolds. However, that led to Adam becoming gravely injured and, later on, poisoned by the healing capsules he took. Was this the doing of his accomplices? Has Adam become too big for his britches, one might wonder. Will we see another strike from Adam and his gang of posers? Where will Al Kemko draw the line for Adam? And will it be a chalk one? Damn. So this is what you're pondering as you wait in Mudbreaker's office for him. Someone's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that there was only one name ever mentioned. Dirks and Bertrams were never put into those articles. Right. It was only you. And yeah, you're not liking this because your research that you've been doing has been coming up dry on the legal precedence of this sort of work coming to light. However, you do know that Mudbreaker might be able to give you some more information on it. And so Mudbreaker uh, opens the door and enters the office. He's a little out of breath and seems to be sweating. But it caught, uh, but is caught a little off guard by Adam's presence. Go ahead and roll a perception check. We got nine plus ten for nineteen. Okay, so Adam, as you are standing here, um, you you can tell that he looks like he's had. Uh, his hair and beard trimmed and combed recently. Um, and you've also noticed that he's lost a little bit of weight. Um, the second thing, or the third thing that you notice also is that uh, he is, um, his holster has been polished. And so has his, been, his firearm, which you know is in fairly poor, not poor condition, but um, in disuse. He did not frequently fire it. Um, but it looks like it has been recently cleaned and that his gun belt has also been, you know, given a rub down. Uh, sorry, sorry, Adam, didn't mean to make you wait. Uh, what, what can I help you with? Um, and he sets down a bag next to the desk and, and pops up into his chair. Have you read the paper recently? I, I have once, uh, once I noticed, yes. So... I take it there's probably going to be some kind of investigation. I should probably be excused from my duties until it's over. What do you well, think? until charges are pressed, no. And they have not been. But I fear it's coming. Right. Uh, Fulcrum and I are at least acquaintances. We chat occasionally. Rumor is his sister. He's not wouldn't say estranged, but they don't exactly meet for Sunday dinner. Okay. Um, and her and their brother run a certain operation. 
she destroys them in the eyes of the public. And then he sweeps in with legalese and buries them. Wait, are we talking about Fulcrum? No, not Fulcrum. A, a, Another oh, brother of his. Oh. I wonder how many there are. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, there's, there's seven. You know that, right? I do now. You don't know who Fulcrum is. Uh, right. I... You've met him before, but yes. I know, and I was like winking at <laughs> Mudbreaker, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, you idiot. They're... They're the most advanced automatons ever created in this city. Ever created in the world, I'd assume. By the CEO of uh, Automation Incorporated. There's seven of them. Okay. They all pursue their own endeavors and are the masters of those works. Well, what do you think I should do for now? For now? Citizenship. You need to become a full citizen of Agelfia. Otherwise, there will be no protection legally against what they have. You'll have no chance. What are the requirements for that? Residency, knowledge, and a little bit of knowing the right person to sponsor you. Now, before you ask, unfortunately, I cannot. Uh, there was a lot of laws put in place that any employer cannot sponsor an employee to avoid certain immigration snafus and illegal movement of people. But uh, someone else who can vouch for you, a landlord, could if they chose to, uh, but more likely a successful business owner that you have built a relationship would be a good option. Okay. Their, their weight within the city factors into your acceptance by the board as a member of our society fully. All right. Um, well, I guess I have to do that as quickly as I can then. Yeah, you could talk to Fulcrum. He's, I'm sure he would not mind to help. He often does with the matters of his sister, fighting against it a little. But uh, yeah, you should talk to him as soon as possible. Okay. And uh, you get a ding on your page as you're walking away from Mudbreaker's office. Yeah, I'm just going to pull it out, flip it open. And you have not heard from Fulcrum since your initial meeting, or since uh, you sent him a message back in the tipsy tourney about two weeks ago. Okay. Um, and he finally responds. Sorry, I've been out of communication. I've come back into the city. We should meet. I was going to write back, this is really, really good timing. <laughs> Where do you... <laughs> Where and when? Uh, cafe on 4th and Downing. And when? <laughs> He'll write again? ASAP. Okay, I'll be right there. Bring the other two. Okay, it might take me a bit of time to track them down. Hopefully they're just at home. I'll message them too. Yep. So yeah, 
you come to this agreement and we will leave you guys here. Cool. Bum, bum, bum. And that is where we're going to end this episode of Dice Ice, guys. Thank you all for listening in and hopefully you guys enjoyed this Lord of the Lands episode. See you later. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Dice Heist. If you liked what you listened to, why not help us out by spreading the word of the show? Tell a friend, family member, or coworker. The more people that listen to the show, the more we can improve the show for you, our listeners, and everyone else that comes on board. Another great thing you could do to help the show is write a review and subscribe on whatever podcast network you use to listen to us, like Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and so many more. If you would like to help support the show monetarily, you can head over to patreon.com slash diceheist, where you can find a bunch of great bonus content, like our after show Heist House, where we break down episodes and talk about what we liked or disliked about how things went down. Or one of our one-shot onslaughts, each a self-contained mini-series with other friends of the show as guests, new characters, new DMs, and fun new worlds. Schnicktick, the gnome bartender and owner of the Ogre and the Ooze from episode 41, was a Patreon-submitted character by Nick Dottilio. Uh, if you would like to have a character of your own added to the show, like Schnicktick, you can do so by joining us at the $10 tier. We release episodes every other Sunday, so keep an eye out for the next show. I'd like to thank all the people that make this show possible, starting with Aaron, Bronson, and Nick. My wonderful players and partners in this crazy show. Our intro and outro is Something for Now by Nick Coker. I also must thank my wife, Erica, for her support and her wonderful work on our show notes, and her work both writing and voicing rumor. And of course, we cannot forget BattleBards.com for their help improving our show with their expansive library of music and sound effects. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Dice underscore Heist and on Facebook at Dice Heist Podcast. Feel free to reach out to us there or send us an email at DiceHeistPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Dice Heist. And he speaks. He says, <clears throat> I wrote shit down. Okay. Let me look. I can't find my writing. Damn it. <laughs>